Episode 231 of the PJ Archive is an interview I did with the late great British actress of stage and screen, Beryl Reed. Beryl won the 1967 Tony Award for Best Actress in a Play for The Killing of Sister George, and she starred in the 1968 film version of that. She won the 1980 Olivier Award for Best Comedy Performance for Born in the Gardens, and she won the 1982 BAFTA TV Award for Best Actress for Smiley's People. Other films she appeared in include The Bells of St Trinian's, The Assassination Bureau, and No Sex Please, We're British. Her first big success came in the BBC radio show Educating Archie. Beryl died in 1996 at the age of 77. My interview with her took place in early 1984, when I was training as a journalist and she was starring in a play in London's West End. Beryl, you're currently starring in School for Scandal here at the Duke of York's Theatre. Why do you think a play written such a long time ago still has such appeal today? Well, I'm, I'm quite flabbergasted about it myself, actually, because the language is so uh, different and the language is very difficult and the comedy, the jokes are sort of very different from our sort of jokes. But it is terribly well cast, the play. It's very well played, it's very well presented, it's beautiful to look at and I have found a, apparently a totally revolutionised way of playing Mrs Kander. So it, it appears to be very funny to the audience. A lot of children come, you see, who are doing it for O-levels and th things like that. Um, and, uh, you know, we've done it twice this year. We did it at the Haymarket earlier this year, and that was sold out. And now we're doing it here, and then this is sold out. I doubt about tonight because of the strike, because the, uh, the traffic coming into London was non-existent and going out of London. So I think most people packed up at lunchtime, but never mind. That'll be one bad night out of a whole season, so that can't really worry me. I gather you're soon to take this production on tour, is that right? Well, I'm not going with it. Uh, Darcy Gray is going to play my part on the tour, because I, I, quite honestly, I don't like going out of the country very much. And this is going to Yugoslavia and... Turkey, and I i like being in Raysbury, <laughs> looking at the river, and I, I need a little rest, actually, because I've been working very hard for a, a long time now. How long is this, then? Well, I did a review for the whole of the summer, in which I had 15 quick changes, and then I had three days after that before starting rehearsing this again. So I haven't really stopped, you see. It was at the Duke of York's where you first played one of your most highly acclaimed roles in The Killing of Sister George. Was that when people first began to recognise your talents as a serious actress? Well, it was the first play I'd done, so it was the first chance they had to recognise anything of that sort about me. And uh, I was here for a year and five months in that play. Then I went to New York for seven months in it and, and got the Tony Award. And then I did the film after that, so it was really three years of my life that that play took up, you know. As well as winning the Tony Award, I gather you also were nominated for an Oscar for your part in the film. Uh, that I don't really know much about. There's always rumour and all that that goes about, you know. Uh, I'm supposed to be nominated for something for this, but I don't actually know about it. I just take it all as it comes. But I, I, I did get the award for, the, for Smiley's People, which was the best 
Straight Actress Award and I got the Best Comedy Actress Award for Born in the Garden. So I I'm not doing really badly in the raffle. What, are the, <laughs> what do you think of these award ceremonies? I think they go on too long, darling. I mean, it's uh, even if you're there and, and, and you're up for one, I mean, you've, you've got to at one time go to the loo or something like that because, you know, they go on for hours and hours and hours. And I think on television they go on to... And I also think the people who are given awards say too much. I think you should just take it and say, thank you very much, how marvellous, and not talk about this man who swept the floor and they, you know... Or, or it, it's sure it's nice, but you could say it to the people. You don't have to deave the people who are watching with it all because they don't know who they are. I mean, it's wonderful to have a good director. Do you care a lot about the critics? Oh, I think... Yes, I think I do. I'm afraid I'm I'm not strong enough not to. I, I mean, some people say, oh, I never read my notices. I don't believe them. I read all my notices. I mean, I can quote all my bad ones. Uh, and yes I, do, yes, I do care about them. Although, what I think every critic ought to say at the end of every notice, in my humble opinion, because it is one person's opinion, and, I mean, we're OK in this country. This is fine. But if you're in New York, see, there are only four newspapers. And if you have what's called a divided press, you're off. Because, you know, if, if they two papers pan you, the two main papers, then, you know, you're closed in a week. Because they, the, uh, the audience there really only believe in what they read in the papers. You first shot to fame on radio, in fact, with the characters Monica and Marley. Yes. Where did they come from? Oh, out of my head. <laughs> uh, Monica was really a, a conglomeration of all sorts of things. Um, I mean, I went to a school where girls were like that. And uh, also, my next door to my, where my mother lived, there was a, a little girl who was having her teeth put straight. And she wasn't supposed to get through the fence, you see. And my mother caught her when she was walking through the garden. and. She beamed at my mother and said, Oh, hello, Mrs. Reed. Aren't I squeezy? <laughs> so, of course, that was another uh, contributing factor to Monica. And then, of course, Marlene. I did a pantomime in Birmingham with Jack Buchanan, and I, I found so many funny things there. I had no idea of ever doing it as a character. I mean, uh, you know, somebody who looked after me said, Good night each, and... Uh, because my granddad, you know, he's terrible with women. I mean, he, people refer to him as the Balsley Stallion. And uh, I thought, oh, God, this is a landlady who pretended she never ate anything. And then she said, well, I don't have breakfast. You know, I'll just have bacon and egg in her bed. I'll force it down. Then I don't have another boy till 10 o'clock. She was at it all the time, you see. So I thought, oh, I must save all these things up in my head. And then when uh, maybe I, I must tell them to other theatre people. I never even thought of performing. And then when I was looking for another character, having done Monica for two years in Educating Archie, I thought I ought to get another character as well as Monica. And uh, I said to Peter Braff, I wonder if the Birmingham thing would be any good. He said, well, let's try. And, we went and down that was well. it. Well, yeah. yes. Why do you think there's such a shortage of female comedy actors nowadays? Oh, that's a terribly hard question to answer, you see. I think it's the hardest thing to do, to be a comedy woman performer because my, I maintain that first of all audiences must like you very much before they can laugh at you and I think also you must never lose any femininity that you have by being 
a comic performer. It just is about the longest apprenticeship in the world, and some people just don't stick it out, you know. They don't last the, <laughs> the run of it. Who do you find funny? Oh, no, you've absolutely stumped me. Uh, I find all sorts of people. Well, you see, I, I find... Do you know the, the programme on television called Soap? I think those two women are very funny, and they are totally feminine. I thought Lucille Ball was very funny. What do you think of Tracy Ullman? Don't know her. I don't know. Now, that's my fault, isn't it, for being well, she's elderly? A sort of modern impersonator. Well, impersonators, you see, I started by, by doing impersonations. It means you haven't got your own coat hanger yet. So you're not a comic. You can be funny doing other people. That's very much easier. But you have to have your really uh, a coat hanger of your own to put your comic characters on, and you've got to invent. You don't invent if you copy other people. It's wonderful to have the, uh, the gift of mimicry, which I still have because of all the uh, dialects and things I, I do. But it is only a... To me, and that's maybe very rude of me to say so, but I think it's a step towards becoming a comic in your own right. You see, all the people who were really individual comics, when I think of Tony Hancock, uh, Jacques Tati, John LeMessurier, they're really one-off people. And that is, I think, is what you've got to be if you're, a, if you're a, a, a comic person with a slightly offbeat something that people remember you by. We often see you on quiz programmes such as Blankety mm. Blank. I like those. Do you, do you not think they destroy your credibility as an actress? Oh, no. Why? I mean, I just go and have a good laugh and join in. And I mean, it doesn't stop the people coming into the theatre. I mean, some people only really know me because I'm a blankety-blank. I have no vanity of that sort. <laughs> I mean, great. They say, when are you going to be on blankety-blank again? Because that's really what they think I do. But that's great. I don't care. But what are they like to take part in? Marvellous. Because they're totally unrehearsed, you see. And uh, I love to give my brain a bit of exercise and just... You're allowed to be a bit silly, quite honestly. And it's a bit like showing off, you know, at a party almost. <laughs> but your brain has to work because you've got to think of some answers. And I get angry with people who just go on and give silly answers. Or I get angry with contestants who try to be frightfully smart so you couldn't possibly match them up to get them any points. Because that's the game, is getting points for the contestants. Are there any roles you've always wanted to play? Yes, well, there's one role, but I've but I missed it because I'm too old now. Uh, I would love to have played Joan of Arc when I was younger. But, of course, see, the awful thing is it's like playing Juliet. The people of the age that Juliet was are unable to play the part well enough. And uh, people said to me when I did The Killing of Sister George, aren't you awfully sorry that success hasn't, of this sort hasn't come to you earlier in your life? And I said, no, because I wouldn't have been able to do it earlier in my life. I wouldn't have had the understanding of those people to do the role. Do you have any ambitions outside show business? Oh, no, this is really three-quarters of my life. I love my home, I love cooking, I, I love being a home person. I mean, there was a time when I wanted to drive in the Monte Carlo Rally. I got, I got over that. I wanted to learn to fly, well, I did that. 
So I haven't got any of those kicking about. I mean, I want to be a better cook. I want to be a better gardener. Have you ever had any major disasters on stage? Oh, I think like going on every first night is a major disaster. Uh, uh, well, no, my knickers haven't fallen off or anything like that. I, I mean, I, I've misremembered words, which is a terrible feeling when you're on there. And I, when we first did Sister George at Bristol, we had a Portuguese boy on the prompt book. And I walked over to the corner where he was sitting and I said, I really don't know what to say as if it was part of the play. And he just stared back at me, looking like a bullfighter, you know. <laughs> but I mean, eventually you get back to the words, so that's OK. Do you ever get the giggles? Very, very seldom. I'm, some people are great stage gigglers. I got giggly in New York because I thought nobody knew me. And because we'd done the play for such a long time. But I was frightfully ashamed of that. Uh, unless it's a joke that you can really join in. You know, the audience can really join in. I think it's a bit crummy to get... But I, the, the terrible thing is there's no controlling it if it starts. You know, it's like when people say, uh, of course, you know Auntie Mabel, and you say yes, and they say, well, we've lost her. Well, that's terrible to me because I can see them looking under tables and things for her. And it, it beca that's a sort of nerve thing that I get. If people make those dramatic sort of statements, I'm inclined to laugh at that and have to walk away for a minute. Is it a very glamorous life being an actress? No, of course it's not. <laughs> oh dear, I wish you could see me at home. <laughs> I've been, you know, trying to draw my face in, trying to answer the phone, trying to cook two different lots of curry. So what do you like doing in your spare time? Well, I, I, I've got ten cats, and they uh, I've got t two little new baby ones from the RSPCA called Billy and Clive, and it really is quite a houseful, and they take a lot of looking after. I love... Cooking is my favourite thing, and entertaining people that I really like. I hate big dinner parties or luncheon parties. I like six people as the outside number, because I can't enjoy conversations with more than six. I like four. Uh, and that's one of my favourite things. I don't care much for going out. People find it rather difficult to get me to go out. What do you like watching on television? Oh, I love watching television. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm a, an idiot about television. Uh, well, I, um, when I can see things like the Jewel and the Crown, you know, of course, when, if you're in the theatre, you don't see television. And so it becomes an even greater luxury to sit back and goggle at it, you know. And I'm going to do a Minder. And, of course, that's one of my favourite programmes. I think Minder is splendid. I think they're both absolutely wonderful in it. How, chaps. How do you feel about watching yourself on television? Um, I feel it's necessary. However much you suffer and sort of look at your feet and all that while you're doing it and think, oh, why did I do that, silly fool? That's the only way you can learn by watching yourself and saying, I won't ever do that again. Or, you know, I, that's a very bad angle that I must try and avoid, if possible. <laughs> but those are, you know, I, I mean, I, I, I make myself watch it and I make myself always listen to myself. So what are your plans for the future then? Well, when I've finished here, I'm having a week of doing nothing. Then I'm doing a fortnight on Minder and then I'm writing a book.
about myself. And when will, when will that be out then? Well, it's, as it's a year late already, they've been very, very patient with me. But I seem to have never stopped working, you see. So uh, I suppose it'll be out in the spring of next year. Good, I look forward to it. Thanks very much. Thank indeed. you.